we've been working through some questions that sometimes you don't want to ask out loud, but, but we kind of want to ask them. And so today we're at uh, a question that I think people ask, they just don't know who to ask. And so the question is, why don't my prayers get answered the way I want them to? Because we pray, and a, and a few weeks ago we talked about why we pray, and, and if it does any good, and I had some people come to me after the fact and say, well... Okay, well, how does it work? And so today we're going to talk about why we don't always get what we ask for. Because I think it's a question that we ask, maybe internally, but we're afraid to ask out loud. So why don't we just kind of dive into it? Because prayer is an interesting, interesting thing. Uh, I, I read a story this week about this. It's actual, a real story. This couple had been married 60 years, and they found themselves in a nursing home. And they fought all day long. They were in the same room, they would get up, they'd start fighting, they'd fight through lunch, they'd fight, they'd argue, they'd yell, they'd scream. And of course, when you've been married 60 years, your hearing isn't as good, so they were loud, and they fought. And the people at the nursing home had had enough, and they just came in and said, you're going to have to change your ways, or we're going to have to kick you out. And so the wife looked at her husband, this is, this is what she says, Joe, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray that one of us dies. And after the funeral, I'm going to go live with my sister. That, that's, that's what she said. <laughs> you can't amen that, man. I mean, you know, you can't amen that. All right, the Bible talks about prayer. And Jesus taught on prayer. And this is our verse for the day, if you want to turn there, is this one. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Now this looks as if it is a God giving us his debit card with limitless, uh, a limitless uh, amount. Like we can ask for anything and receive it. And what we have to understand is in the Greek this word, these words are basically uh, ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, knock and keep knocking. And there's a real difference in I just ask and I should get it right away. I just seek and I should get it right away. I should knock and it's going to happen immediately. And let me show you a picture. It's kind of grainy, but I want to tell you the story behind these two. This man is named Martin uh, Burnham, I believe was his last name, Burnham. And his wife's name is Gracia. And he was a pilot for uh, the North Tribal Mission, New Tribal Missions in the Philippines back in early 2000s. And he and his wife were captured by uh, a Muslim terrorist group, an Islamic rebel group called Abu Sayyaf, and they were held ca in captivity for 376 days. I don't know if you ever think about persecution as a Christian and that sort of thing, but these folks were persecuted because of their belief in Jesus. 376 days, there was a rescue attempt made, Gracia was rescued, Martin was shot and killed. And Gracia writes about this. Sometimes I wonder, she says, why did Martin die when everyone was praying? He wouldn't. Why does scripture lead you to believe that if you pray a certain way, you'll get what you pray for? People all over the world were praying that we'd both be out and come out alive. But we didn't. And she uh, voices the same concerns that we have. Why don't we get what we pray for. Now, I, know, I mean, there are, we pray for some silly things. When you're a teenager, you pray that you don't have acne, and then you wake up, and there's, you know, Mount Zidimanjaro on your nose, and you're like, oh, man, this isn't any good. Or 
You pray that your team wins. How many of us have prayed that our team would win and then those, you know, godless jerk faces on the other side, they win and it doesn't make any sense. You pray to win the lottery and yet you end up 5 or 10 or $20 poorer. It doesn't make any sense. And if you want to go down to Greenville, you pray for a parking spot and you know that prayer is never answered. Uh, it just isn't, doesn't work that way. And so, and I, those are silly uh, examples. I, there are people in this room that are praying for a prodigal child. And you're praying and it's not going the way that you would hope that it would. There are people in this room that have prayed for a job and maybe it, you haven't gotten a job yet. And there are people in this room who've prayed to have a, a baby and you haven't had a baby yet. Or you've prayed, you just fill in the blank. You've prayed for something incredibly serious and it hasn't happened the way you think that it should. Psalm 145 says, the Lord is near to all who call on him. Okay, so he's near. So what do we do when he doesn't answer our prayer the way that we want? And for the next few minutes, I'm going to give you some teaching that I got from a guy named Rick Warren, who's a pastor in California. And he taught this probably 25 years ago. It helped me so much. It's simple. I'm simple. It makes a lot of sense to me. And he kind of laid it out in a way that I couldn't think of any way better to lay it out. So I'm going to share with you some of the stuff that he taught about how God answers prayer. And it helped me, and I'm hoping that I can share it with you because it'll help you too, hopefully. That, that's my goal, anyway. Number one, if our request is wrong, and it's possible to have wrong requests, by the way. I've, I've done it. I, I suspect you've done it. Uh, if the request is wrong, God will say No. Because we have this tendency, if we were honest, to pray selfishly. I had a friend, we used to live in New Mexico. I had a friend, he had a five-year-old son. They were heading to McDonald's. And they had to you know, pull over because an ambulance flew by them. And, and then a, a fire engine flew by them. And so the dad said, there must be an accident up there. We should pray for those people. And so his five-year-old son from the back seat prays. This was the prayer. God, please don't let those cars be blocking the entrance to McDonald's. That, that was, because that's how we think. And so, why is it going the way that I think it ought to? And we treat prayer like God is this vending machine. And if we say the right things, there's this teaching out there, kind of uh, name it and claim it teaching. If I name it and I claim it, then God is uh, obligated to give it to me. And, and a vending machine works like this. If I put the right amount in... The vending machine is obligated to give me what I want. And we treat God like he's some cosmic vending machine. And if I say the prayer the right way, or if I use in Jesus' name, or if I have enough faith, if I put the right stuff in, God is obligated to give me what I want. I, I just hate to tell you, that's just not how it works. God is the God of the universe, and there's a good chance that we don't know as much as him. I mean, at least let's entertain the notion that God might know more than me. He might have a bigger plan than I have. He might see further than I see. Jesus had buddies. He had three good friends, Peter, James, and John. James and John one time came to him and they made a request. It was kind of like a prayer. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Um, what do, you want, what do you want me to do for you, Jesus said. And, and they replied, well, let one of us sit at your right hand. This is the hand of power. And at your left hand, the hand of glory. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking to sit at my right and my left. Is it for me to grant? It's not in God's will. 
And so Jesus said, no. These, these are his friends. They're his boys. He's hanging out with them. It's his posse. I mean, they're with Jesus all the time. They ask him for something. They certainly knew Jesus' character, or at least they should have. They asked for something, and it was selfish, and it was outside of God's will. And he said no. Another time, same dudes, James and John, they go to a, a city in Samaria. You have to understand the whole idea of how first century Jerusalem worked and how first century uh, Israel worked. But the Jews really didn't like the Samaritans because Samaritans were half Jewish and half Gentile. They were kind of half-breeds. And so they didn't like the Samaritan people. They're traveling through this region of Samaria they weren't welcomed in the town. And this is the response of James and John. When the disciples, James and John, saw that they weren't welcomed, they asked Jesus, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? Because surely that's what you'd want. I mean, they're not giving us what we think we deserve. And Jesus turned and said, I'm going to give you the, um, I'm gonna give you the, the Joseph Best translation. Y'all must be out your minds. That's what he said. What, what is wrong with you? He rebuked them. This request was so inane that Jesus was like, guys, come on, we're just going to go to the next town. Why are you getting so upset about something that doesn't really matter? And the question must be asked, are we capable of making requests that are selfish? And let me volunteer. I am and I have. Are we capable of making requests that are materialistic? I am and I have. Are we capable of making requests that are short-sighted, that are self-centered? I am and I have and there's a good chance I will again. And I suspect it's the same for you. The other day, uh, my family traveled to to Houston on a mission trip as a family, and we were in Little Rock, Arkansas, and you probably know this story already, but maybe you don't. Our car was broken into. And, and aside from taking stuff, which was really kind of stinky, uh, our, our window was broken. I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm heading to Houston. It rains in between here and there. And so I'm, I'm thinking... Okay, as a dad, I know my responsibility is to provide and protect, and I feel like I'm not going to provide well, and we had a piece of cardboard where the window ought to be, and I'm praying, and if I'm lying, I'm dying. This was my prayer. I said, Lord, I know that you are busy. I suspect you're busy trying to get President Trump to stop tweeting. I mean, I know you got a lot on your plate. Um, you're, you're, that's a full-time job. I get it. I, I know you're busy. But, if you got a little time, if you could, if you could spare just a second, could, could you help us find somebody that could put a, a glass window in our car? Now, what makes this more complicated is it's a Suzuki. Uh, I'm going to give you a little heads up on that. That is a stupid purchase. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there's a reason they don't sell them anymore, just so you know. Uh, you remember the Yugo? That same thing. Okay, anyway. So I'm, I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas. I don't know anybody. There are glass dealerships. It's a Saturday morning, and I'm thinking to myself, there is not a prayer on this planet that we're going to find a glass for a 07 Suzuki. And we call around, and there was a glass for an 07 Suzuki. That just means I'm better than most of you. I, I, I mean, I don't know. No, it just means God wanted to do that. 
And I'm thankful. I was so thankful because I'm thinking I'm going to go to Houston. And I, I suspected there wasn't a glass like that on, on this continent. And yet God provided and God sometimes provides. And sometimes he doesn't. And if we get no's, if we feel as if God is saying no, there, there are a couple of questions we probably ought to ask ourselves. Does this request contradict the clear teaching of Scripture? Because God will not go against Scripture. And so if you're praying something that goes against what God has said in the Bible, you could just, that's going to be no today, tomorrow, next week, next year. It's always going to be no. Is this request self-centered or self-serving? He may grant it, but listen, he's got bigger fish to fry and there's stuff going on and it may not be that important. Is this request more about me or, than God or others? And you have to understand God might say no to these things. God even said no to Jesus. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He walks a little bit away from his disciples. He kneels down and he prays, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup away from me. I, yep, not my will but yours be done. This is the sign of maturity. I'd like it to go this way, but Lord, it's, it's your, you're the coach. You have this thing under control. You know more than I do. So here's the deal. If the request is wrong, God will say no. If the timing is wrong, God might say slow. Slow down. Just slow your roll. Because we are really, really impatient. I don't know about you, but I am really impatient. There is nothing better. Tell me that you don't agree with me on this. Is there anything better in all of the world than to pull up to a fast food restaurant and they have two lines? That, that's angelic. I, I mean, that, that is like, the, that means I get through faster. I, I saw a rainbow the other day and it ended right at the two lines. I mean, it was, that's how great it is. I love that. I love it. Because that means I want to get through faster. It's fast food faster. <laughs> and my internet, have you ever had slow internet? That's, that is from Satan. He hates the internet. And uh, uh, he makes it slow. We know that. We know, it's in the Bible somewhere. Um, stoplights. Does anybody like a stoplight? <sighs> no. Because their stoplights are for chumps. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, so, again, Jesus said, ask. And if this were translated even more correctly, ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. Because here is the deal. Sometimes it takes a while to get to the place where you need to be. Sometimes you need to grow. You're not ready for what you're asking for. Now, there's a guy in the Old Testament named Joseph. Um, they it talks about him in, in Scripture, my life verse. Joseph was well-built and handsome. Uh, my life first. I liked it. Okay. So Joseph is thrown into prison. He, he is actually sold as a slave by his brothers. You talk about a whack-out family. That's whack. And uh, he, you probably know the story, but he's, he's sold into slavery. He becomes um, uh, uh, the kind of caretaker of a guy's property who then he's falsely accused and he's thrown into jail. And in jail, he's successful and the guards trust him, and then he eventually rises to second in command of all of Egypt. It is, a, you talk, it is the ultimate rags to riches story. If you've not read it, it's amazing, found in the end of Genesis. Now, his brothers eventually meet up with him again. They're scared out of their gourds because they're afraid Joseph is going to whack them. And this is what he says. 
You intended to harm me, but God intended this for good. What's this? What's the this that was for good? Well, the this was to be sold into slavery, and the this was to be falsely accused, and the this was to be thrown into jail. All those things that happened to him that were negative, or at least perceived to be negative, created in him a way for him to save many lives. What we see or what we would judge as bad ended up being something amazing. You don't know everything. You just don't. And sometimes, here's the deal, we get in a hurry and God doesn't get in a hurry. And sometimes God just wants to mature us a little bit. This is all throughout scripture. Uh, In Romans it says, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Patience is a virtue. Maybe you're right where you're supposed to be for this season to learn something. You might not like this season. This season might just stink. Perhaps you're in this season to learn something. Maybe you're going through some difficulties so you can help somebody else go through some difficulty. That happens all the time. We don't know everything. Proverbs 66 says, or in Romans it says, In all things God works for the good of those who love him. In all things. Everything God is helping us get to the right place. So, if the request is wrong, God will say no. If the timing's wrong, God will say slow. If I'm wrong, if I'm not in the right place, God will say grow. It's time to grow. We're going to kind of build on this just a little bit. Because here's what we do. If our prayer doesn't get answered, we, we, we naturally have a tendency to say, well, I've prayed about it. There must be something wrong with God. And maybe there's something wrong with us. But let, now we're going to go to Psalm 66. If I had ignored my sins, the Lord would not have listened to me. So maybe the first thing I need to do is, to, to, all right, there's a blockage here. Perhaps there's something in my life that, that I need to confess. Peter was really, really specific about this. He said, husbands, be considerate to your, as you live with your wives. Treat them with respect so that nothing, what does it say? Will what? So that nothing will hinder your prayers. So husbands, how we treat our wives has a potential of hindering our prayers. So we've got we to gotta kind of watch ourselves. In the Old Testament, over and over again, the people of God, the Israelites, do really dumb things. They, they turn their back on God. And so there's a, a prophet named Malachi, and he writes about this. And he says, when you bring injured, lame, or deceased animals and offer them as sacrifices, because what they were supposed to do is bring their very best to God. And they weren't bringing their very best to God. When you bring your leftovers, God is saying, should I accept them? And the implied answer is, no. Because you know what's right, and you're not doing it. David was this man who, you talk about a jacked up life. This guy, he messed up a ton, but he, he, he had a relationship with God. He was called a man after God's own heart, and he prayed one time, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. Lord, I'd, I'd like you to, to see if there's something wrong, and show me if there's something wrong. 
I mean, this is like if, if, the, if a police officer comes to my door and doesn't have a warrant but wants to look around, I'm saying, look, man, I got nothing to hide. If he wants to look at my phone, here's my phone. You can look at my phone. You want to look at my computer? Here, I got nothing to hide. I, I want God to look, examine my heart. Because I don't want to have anything to hide. And there might be something there deep inside that I'm missing. And I want him to tell me. If sin is causing me to not get my prayers answered, I'd like to know that. But it's not always that way. You have to understand. A no answer doesn't necessarily mean sin. It might just mean it's time for us to grow just a little bit. Let me show you a picture of a car. This is a Datsun B210. My very first car my daddy bought me was a Datsun B210 orange, except this one was a little better than the one I had. Because the paint on mine was oxidized. Now, how's a brother supposed to get a date in that car right there? Let me tell you. Ask me. Answer. I mean, how are you supposed to get a date? So my junior year of high school, this is what daddy gets me. Now, there's an expression, don't, lift a, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. This does not apply if your daddy gives you an oxidized, burnt orange Datsun B210. It doesn't apply there. So I'm annoyed now. My, we weren't wealthy. We, we weren't wealthy. My daddy was a truck driver. My mom worked at a bank. It's not like we had tons of money. But my daddy was a car guy, and he could have done better than this, and he should have done better than this. But it became clear to me why Daddy bought me an oxidized, burnt orange Datsun B210 the first day I had my, my driver's license. The first day. Because I'm backing out of my driveway to go to school, and I hit my sister's car in the driveway. First day with my license. See, Daddy knew something I didn't know. He knew I was stupid. And didn't know what I was doing. He knew that. He knew I needed to mature. There's a reason he gave me a burnt orange oxidized Datsun B210. Because I couldn't handle anything more than that. I couldn't even handle that. Fortunately for me, this thing wouldn't get over 55 miles an hour. It's great. You want to know why? Because I would have gone really fast and been dumb. Horrible. Daddy knew what he was talking about. Now, just so you get a better impression of my dad, after I wrecked this car, I still drove it forever. My dad paid to get my sister's car fixed because he didn't want it to go on the insurance, all that stuff. You're right. So I drive this car for about a year, and I don't have any more accidents, and he, I kind of prove it to him. This is what he got me next. Boom. Uh-huh. Do you think I was killing it with the babes there? No. But... <laughs> It wasn't because of the car. Uh, you know, uh, there are other reasons, evidently. When you read the Bible, what you see is God didn't deliver Daniel out of the lion's den. He delivered him through the lion's den, right? He doesn't always deliver us out of hardship. Joseph, we talked about Joseph a minute, a minute ago. He needed to grow because that brother was cocky. He was arrogant. He was a know-it-all. And God needed to help him get uncocky. Because it's real hard to be arrogant when you're in a prison cell. When you're sold as a slave. It kind of knocks the arrogant edge off. Sometimes God is saying to us, I just need you to grow. 
I need you to mature just a little bit. You're here and I want to get you there, but we're going to have to go through some stuff to get here. But when you get here, it's going to be good. But right now, you're not quite ready. It's okay to not be quite ready. Here's what's interesting to me about prayer. I was on staff at a church in Dallas, and um, I was kind of, I was an associate pastor, and I had a guy under me, and it always a little bit annoyed me when this guy under me would tell me what to do. I don't know if it's ego or if it was like, dude, I'm in charge of you. And I wonder if God ever says, guys, I know what I'm doing. If you would just trust me, because here's the goal of prayer. The goal of prayer is to lead us into a closer relationship with God. And I want to show you, this is kind of the last verse for the day. But this is super cool. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land. I love this. And befriend faithfulness. Let faithfulness be your friend. You be faithful to God no matter what. And then this is awesome. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. You want to know why? Because when you delight yourself in the Lord, you know what He wants. You kind of line up with what He is about. I think the greatest challenge as a parent is to to learn to say no to our kids. We we have to say no sometimes. Some stuff they want to do isn't good for them. you got to say no as a parent. Miriam and I, we delight to say yes to our kids. We delight in it, but we don't always say yes. We haven't always said yes, but we love saying yes. And I think just in a small measure, we feel what God feels when he gets to say yes. I've got daughters, four of them. And for me, the sweetest words... On the planet. Or when one of my girls says, Oh, Daddy, thank you. And I have to think. I bet our Heavenly Father would like that too. Oh, Daddy, thank you for giving me a job. Thank you for health. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife oh, daddy thank you for my friends and for my church oh daddy thank you for taking me through a difficult time and growing me oh daddy thank you because the goal of prayer is to delight in God and get to know him better the big question is do I trust him It's the first thing. Do I trust that God has my best interest at heart? Do I trust that he knows more about this than I do? Do I trust that he knows how to make things work for my good? Do I trust that he knows what he's doing? Do I trust him? Because when I trust him, then I can delight in him. Because not everything's going to go the way I think it ought to. But everything is going to go the way he thinks it ought to. And even when stuff doesn't go the way I think it should, he has this ability to make good out of bad.
Only he can do it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the day you've given us and for the word you've given us. Father, we thank you for life. We get to live in America with so many freedoms that so many people on this planet don't have. Father, thank you for our health. Thank you for our families. Thank you for our friends. Daddy, thank you for this day you've given us. Thank you for how you grow us to become like your son. Help us, Father, to accept the discipline that we need to become the people that you've called us to be. And Lord, when you don't answer the way you, we think you should or how fast we think you should, help us to be patient and help us to trust more and more. We pray it in Jesus' name.